to a bit of fun with Emily. It's me, your host, Emily. I am glad you're here. Welcome to season four of the podcast, where we're diving into a not-so-deep conversation about romantic comedies. You know, that problematic corner of pop culture that we've all seen and kind of liked, despite the fact that the relationships are often surface level, no one is communicating well, and the story ends when everyone is happy and shows nothing about the hard stuff that actually comes with being in a relationship. As always, this is going to be a good time. Today, we are comparing and contrasting a 1954 original and its nearly identical 1995 remake, Sabrina. Humphrey Bogart versus Harrison Ford. Audrey Hepburn versus Julia Ormond. Black and white versus Technicolor. Actually, that's not true. (laughs) I googled, just had to google Technicolor because I wasn't sure if that was true or not. And we don't use Technicolor anymore. A process of color cinematography using synchronized monochrome films, each of a different color to produce a movie in color. Oh, we're learning something new every day, guys. I'm not sure if this is an unpopular opinion or not, but the Sabrina storyline isn't really my fave of rom-com history, and I I don't think I realized it until my recent rewatches. I have to tell you, there is something so different about just watching a movie and then watching it for this particular podcast. Uh, I, I noticed it immensely with the Disney movies that I just, I started to see things that I had never seen before, and I'm starting to feel that way now with rom-coms. But to give my feelings some context, let's let's do a quick summary of the movies, which I can do at the same time because, again, they are almost identical. So Sabrina, there once lived a very rich family on Long Island with two grown sons, Linus, the older, serious workaholic, no funny bone brother, played by Humphrey Bogart and Harrison Ford, and David, the younger Lothario, I guess, who has never done a hard day's work in his life because he's too busy chasing women. And he's played by Wildem, Wildem, William Holden and Greg Kinnear. Yes, I'm acknowledging that this is two podcasts in a row where I'm talking about movies that star Greg Kinnear, which is something I honestly thought would never happen. Not that I sat around and thought about that particular interesting tidbit. You know what will never happen on this podcast? Back-to-back conversations about Greg Kinnear. That would be... <laughs> Ridiculous. Anywho, so this rich family, the Larrabees, own a giant mansion on Long Island that is populated with an immense amount of servants, including a chauffeur and his daughter, Sabrina Fairchild. They live above the garage in some very nice apartments, but I can imagine growing up in a garage next to a mansion would have to have left some trauma for a young woman. And it and apparently has. Sabrina is madly in love with David Larrabee, the Lothario. And I'm going to be honest, it's more of a stalking obsession than love. It's a bit creepy. She likes to climb trees and stare at him while he's schmoozing with women at his family's garden parties. And then follows them when he takes said women to the tennis courts slash solarium for a tete-a-tete. So... <laughs> Mr. Fairchild decides it would be in Sabrina's best interest to get her off the property. So he's sending her to France. Hepburn is going to learn how to cook, and Armand has a job working for a photographer. Sabrina isn't enthused about the prospect of leaving the man she loves, despite the fact that he barely knows she exists. So Hepburn decides she would rather die than be shipped off to France. So she writes a suicide note and then goes down into the garage, closes the door, and turns on all the cars. 
Ormond, on the other hand, steals a bottle of liquor from the kitchens, gets very drunk, and then uses her liquid courage to go talk to David. Both ladies, however, are found by Linus and not David, and both ladies do in fact head off to Paris. It doesn't go well at first, but they eventually start to move on from their imaginary love life and become refined, sophisticated women with much better taste in fashion and much shorter haircuts. Meanwhile, back in New York, Linus is using David as a pawn. He has recently started dating the heiress to a plastics company, and Linus wants to use their relationship to kickstart a merger between the two family companies. It's always business with Linus. That's when Sabrina decides to return home with the designer clothes and new haircut. I don't really think we're told how much time has gone by, but my guesstimate would be at least a year, maybe two. So while waiting for her father to come pick her up from the train station for Hepburn and what appears to be the side of the street in the adaptation, David does, he's driving by and he does a double take, enamored by the beautiful woman just standing there (laughs) and offers to give her a ride home. It isn't until they pull into his own driveway that he realizes the woman is in fact Sabrina. And that doesn't seem to offend Sabrina at all. In fact, she reacts as if it's almost a form of flirting, which again is all sorts of wrong, darling. He had no idea who you were. You grew up on his property. There's every likelihood he saw you multiple times a week when you were living above the garage. And yet he has so little interest in you that he couldn't identify your face, which in no way changed during your stay in Paris. That is a red flag, like a major, major red flag. She's not even wearing like Clark Clark Kent glasses. I just, it's interesting. Um, So he invites her to one of the Larrabee's famous posh parties and Sabrina excitedly accepts, obviously not quite over him. Side note, her father is less than amused, and I can only imagine it feels like it was a monumental waste of time and money for her to fly across an ocean to detox, only to immediately be drawn back in less than an hour from returning home. So Linus can immediately see that David is smitten, as he always is when there's a new beautiful woman in his life, and immediately starts to worry that this flirtation with the chauffeur's daughter could get in the way of his brother's engagement and the potential merger. So at the party, Linus tells David he needs to talk. As David is headed to the tennis courts slash solarium to meet up with the very fancily dressed Sabrina. He has, he has a thing. He has a, oh, what's it called? I don't know. He has just a way of doing things. He goes to the bar. He gets a bottle of champagne. He puts two champagne glasses in his back pockets. And then he sneaks away to meet women in dark corners. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds weird when you say it aloud. Bogart's Linus pretends to be on his side, realizing that if he pushes too hard, David will absolutely do the opposite of staying away from Sabrina. Ford's Linus takes a different approach. He just chooses to say nothing and lets their mother berate him for a while, and then he starts to insult Sabrina, basically calling her a gold digger. Both Linuses convince David to sit down on the champagne glasses that he's got tucked into his back pockets, all discreet-like, ending with him wounding himself and then goes to find the disappointed Sabrina. So David is being shipped off to the hospital because he's got some champagne glasses in his butt. So Linus goes to find Sabrina, the disappointed Sabrina. And it's in that moment that Linus decides to attempt to woo Sabrina himself and eventually convince her to return to France. 
Long story short, it goes a little better than Linus had planned. Bogart takes Hepburn out to late night dinners, sailing, drinks, and the occasional show. Ford takes Ormond to Martha's Vineyard on bike rides, peach, peach, beach picnics, and to restaurants where you sit on the floor and eat with your hands. Sabrina falls for Linus. Linus falls for Sabrina, but instead of confessing his feelings, he reveals to her that it was all a ploy, and she agrees to leave New York and return to Paris, heartbroken. Meanwhile, David discovers Linus's true feelings and decides to finally step up for the family business, marry the woman he actually loves, the plastics heiress, and force his brother to follow his heart for once. Linus chases after Sabrina, and they, we can only assume, live happily ever after. The thing is... I have my doubts about that for a couple of reasons. One, though the couple sort of grew up with one another, they most definitely don't really know each other, have no basis for a relationship, including friendship, and come from very different walks of life. Not that two people with different backgrounds can't get along, but I don't think long-term is really in the stars when one has confessed loving the other sibling for her entire life up until one week before. Two, in the case of Harrison Ford as Linus Larrabee, there is a complete lack of any sort of personality. Bogart doesn't give us much more, but he's bogey, so he always has that going for him. But would a woman really be taken in by fake vulnerability? Because that is what they put off to try to get her to like them. Um, so... Since that's the case in this particular movie, a woman who clearly suffers from romantic delusions and needs to do some talk therapy, the result is even more frustrating because these men are clearly taking advantage of someone who can't make solid life decisions. And three, much like in the last week's conversation about the shop around the corner and you've got mail, you have a situation where our heroine discovers that this man she presumes to have fallen for has been lying to her for the better part of the movie. At least our Linus Larrabee confesses before Sabrina actually gets on the boat plane to go back to France. That's something, I guess. But geez, oh, Pete, woman, you then just fall into his arms and expect that they won't go running back to New York and his job. They are self-described workaholics. It feels weird referring to them as they, but I'm thinking of the two Linus Larrabees. They are self-described workaholics. Their entire identity is focused on mergers and making deals. Do you really think they'll be happy having a lazy life in Paris after going cold turkey, quit my job? I don't think so. I don't, see, I don't think so. There's also the age difference between the three characters. They make you believe Sabrina is a child when she heads off to Paris, and the Larrabee brothers clearly are not the preoccupation with money, and the fact that Sabrina is a woman that can be bought. They try to make you believe that she leaves to head home to Paris because she chooses to, but that's not really true, is it? She's going because her feelings have been hurt and someone bought her a ticket. If I had to pick one to rewatch, though, I'd definitely go with the 1954 original starring Humphrey Bogart and Audrey Hepburn. Bogart is genuinely awkward at times, like when he pulls on his old letterman sweater and hat to take sabrina sailing and he's endlessly charming and hepburn well it's audrey hepburn where couture and nervously wearing couture and nervously trying to stay away from the oldest larabry brother because she feels her heart shifting to his charm they're just they're classic they are classic there's also a great scene when mr larabee can't get an olive out of a jar <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a good time. There, there's a whole conversation going on between Linus and David's future in-laws. And here's Mr. Larrabee, Linus's father, making himself in a, a martini, and he cannot get an olive out of a jar. It's great. Well, that is it for today. Next episode, we're going to be talking about Doris Day and Rock Hudson and Pillow Talk and its 2003 parody, Down With Love. Thank you so much for listening, really. It is so appreciated. If you haven't already, I hope you subscribe so we can keep going on this journey together. And if you've got the time, it would be awesome if you could rate and review so that other individuals who like random conversations about pop culture with someone who really doesn't know what they're talking about can join in on the fun as well. Or if you want to share the podcast, that would be awesome too. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at at GnomeGirlM and on Facebook as A Bit of Fun with Emily. Go have yourself a bit of fun today. I will see you next time.